On behalf of the Mayflower Church family and staff, I welcome you to worship on a Sunday we call Pentecost, a Sunday in the church year when we celebrate that after Jesus ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit appeared above the disciples like tongues of fire and united the disciples and followers of Jesus. Scripture records how those who were gathered that day spoke different languages. They came from different parts of the world, but suddenly they could understand each other. A reminder that God's desire is that we be unified rather than divided. We are called by God to listen to each other rather than to close ourselves off. This morning, in the light of the events of this past week, the message of Pentecost could not be more timely, prophetic, and profound. And we gather this morning to hear that story and to embrace its spiritual truth. Speaking of connection, we hope you've been able to connect with Mayflower through our Facebook and Instagram pages Each day during the week, messages and music are posted by our staff. We also now have a YouTube channel. In these troubled times, thank you to everyone who brought food uh, to help our IHN homeless families who are now staying in hotels. And finally, it is with profoundly mixed emotions, we share the news that Lynn and I have accepted a call to serve the House of Hope Presbyterian Church as co-pastors, head of staff. Please know the personnel committee is at work creating a transitional plan. The first step was that the church council approved this week the recommendation from the personnel committee that the Reverend Dr. Jonathan White be called as Mayflower's interim senior pastor. Also, please know that next Sunday we will hold a brief annual meeting to receive our nominating committee and our membership reports, as well as additional information regarding our transition plan. If you received our Friday email, I invite you to locate our worship bulletin or to visit our homepage on our website to download it so you can follow along with our order of worship. And hear now these words adapted from Caitlin Curtis a Native American Christian author and speaker. Praise and glory to you, Creator Spirit. You come like the wind of heaven, unseen, unbidden. Like the dawn, you illuminate the world around us. You grant us a new beginning each day. You warm and you comfort us. You give us courage and strength. Be with us, Holy Spirit, in this time of worship, in all that we say or think, all that we pray, in all that we sing this and every day. Amen.
God, you are the creator of all things, the source of our first breath, our first pulse of life. We are troubled and grieved this morning, O Lord, as we contemplate when life cannot breathe, cannot take a breath. That singular act from which all life is sustainable. Throughout the generations and throughout the pages of scripture, we remember how your people have cried out for justice, for redemption, for new beginnings, for hope. So we pray, come, Holy Spirit, the breath of life, and renew us, inspire us, once again as communities, as cities, and as a country. This day of Pentecost, O Lord, help us individually and collectively to decenter hate and violence. And in that place, within the center, through the work of the Spirit, nurture in us empathy, healing, and restore our wholeness as your children created in your image. Amen.
I invite you to join your hearts together with mine in prayer, and let us pray. Gracious God, on this beautiful Sabbath morning, we gather to praise you in word and in song, to read and to proclaim your word. We also gather in prayer. And we remember, as Mother Teresa once taught, prayer enlarges our heart until it is capable of containing God's gift of God's self. So we pray, O Lord, that you might enlarge our hearts. Enlarge our hearts so, first of all, you might have a place to dwell within us. And then so our lives might, from the inside out, by the leading of your Holy Spirit, come to express and to extend faith, hope, and love into these troubled times, into these troubled days and hours. Lord, Hear our prayers. Scripture reading comes from the New Testament, from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. And listen now for God's word. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? 
then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans, and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them. They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Will you pray with me, please? Listening and loving God, we woke up this morning to a world we did not recognize. Our hearts and our spirits are broken. And so we pray that your spirit will fall afresh upon us. Break us in the places where we need to be broken. Mold us in ways that we need to be reshaped. And fill us in places where we are empty. Gracious God, free us this morning to recognize your presence and to hear your call to follow. All this in your spirit we pray. Amen. Last night, perhaps, like many of you, I turned on the news. In cities across our nation, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Nashville, and even our own city of Grand Rapids, people filled the streets for a peaceful protest of the death of George Floyd. Some walked in silence, others chanted. Some carried posters, while others carried small children. Some were young, others were older. Some came alone, and others linked arms and walked as a human wall. And then came the fire. Garbage cans were on fire. Buildings were on fire. Cars were on fire. And even a police station was on fire. And I suspect, like many of you, I wondered what's next. In the summer of 1999, I led a mission trip of 31 Caucasians and one African-American youth from my church in Ann Arbor. We traveled to Ibeline, a small village in a Palestinian village just south of the Lebanese border. Ibeline is the home of Father Elias Shakur, a Palestinian priest. He's been nominated three times for a Nobel Peace Prize. He almost always wears a black robe, which accentuates the long white beard that protrudes from his chin. Perhaps you heard him speak a few years ago when he was here at the Calvin Worship Institute. Our group had come to paint walls, tend gardens, and prepare meals at Mar Elias, the K-12 through school Father Shakur founded. It's the only school of its kind in Israel, a place where Jewish, Christian, and Muslim students are welcome. 
But before we began our work that week, he told us it is his custom to meet with guests each night on his rooftop. And so after a dinner of lamb and stuffed grapes and hummus and unlimited pita, our group joined Father Shakur on his rooftop. It was a space of probably 50 to 100 feet, and it was rimmed with a built-in cement bench. Potted palm trees provided shade during the day, and a fireplace built of local stone took the chill off the air at night. Arab and Jewish students, Muslims and Christians from the community, populations that were known to throw stones and shoot bullets at each other, they were also invited to join us that night. And as we took a seat around the perimeter, it felt like a United Nations gathering with people from many nations and cultures and languages and economic backgrounds. Jarringly, fighter planes also flew above us periodically, reminding each of us that the peace was tenuous at this time in the Middle East. And just under the surface simmered centuries of conflict. And although we were excited to be there, we uneasily wondered what's next. Today, with churches around the world, we honor Pentecost. It's been 50 days since Passover, seven weeks and one day since Jesus was crucified. The book of Acts records how people from everywhere and nowhere have come to Jerusalem for the holiday. There were Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, visitors from Rome and Cretans and Arabs. Some came with servants to carry their bags. Others carried their provisions on their backs. Some came alone by foot. Others arrived in caravans. Some were rural peasants, and others were successful merchants. The streets were full and festive. But Luke tells us that the disciples and other followers were also there, all together in one house. They likely had the windows covered so no one would see them. It would still be dangerous to be seen publicly or to be identified as one of the followers of that troublemaking rabbi who had to be put to death on a cross. The glow, the shimmer the disciples observed on that Easter morning had faded as we now find them behind locked doors. I can imagine the sounds from the crowds outside their windows put them on edge. And then came the fire 
Luke, the author of Acts, tells us suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. And they saw fire whipping around the room and then dividing and landing upon each person as if it were a tongue above their head. And they sat there. Disciples and fishermen, mothers and fathers, bakers and carpenters, merchants and soldiers, and wondered, what just happened? What's next? The group that gathered that night on the rooftop with Father Elias Shakur was from Michigan. Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Israel. We were Christian, Muslim, and Jew. The fire lit the faces of every skin color and ethnic background. And as the sun set in crimson bands above our heads, we did not need to ask again, what's next? Because Father Shakur's words gave us a hint of that answer. First, he shared the details of his life, how his family had farmed the same land for over 2,000 years until his whole village was violently evicted by Israeli authorities and forced to live like refugees in their own country. He spoke of years of persecution and discrimination, of injustices as his people were stripped of jobs and education and even denied clean running water. The stories were painful and at times unbearable to hear. As we listened to the hardships and the prejudices he endured, we became angry. It would have been easy for him to succumb to rage and bitterness. But he said to that wide circle of friends and strangers gathered there that night on his rooftop, let me tell you why we can gather here safely. Gather here on this rooftop at Mar Elias School. I decided long ago to see every person, not as a Jew or Muslim or Christian, but as a baby born of God. He continued, I was born a baby in the image and the likeness of God, not more and not less. Jews and Palestinians and Christians are also born babies in that very same image. And so we're all of you here tonight. We are all the human children of God. And so we must find a way to live together in peace. But then he cautioned, peace can never be achieved by violence, because violence begets violence. 
And so I have dedicated my life to building bridges, to creating habits of peace with children and youth. For only when you build dignity in other fellow human beings can you begin to destroy prejudice. When he finished speaking, we were all silent. The fire crackled as the flames consumed the logs. The skies grew dark above us and swallowed the colors of the sunset. But we were no longer uneasy about what was next. For we now knew the answer. Through our languages and life stories, our opportunities, our challenges, our food, our clothing, even our music and handwriting, though they were all different. That night, Father Shakur taught us to tell and to truly hear the story in each other's language that we were united as babies. As children of God. As we left the light and the warmth of the fire that night, we knew we were united by the Spirit of God. And it struck me this week as I was thinking back on that night, in many ways we experienced the promise and the power of Pentecost. This week, our country caught on fire. But it's a different kind of fire than the one that empowered the frightened disciples hiding in that room 2,000 years ago. And it's a different kind of fire than the one I sat around on that rooftop in 1999. The fire burning across our country invites terror to settle into every neighborhood. It's a fire that breeds distrust and pushes us away from each other. It's the kind of fire that frightens the words right out of us and silences our stories. It's the kind of fire that destroys. Surely, it is time for a Pentecost. Surely, this morning, we lament that we are a divided nation and confess that at some times we have not done all that we could to bridge those divisions. Surely we hear this morning, as the disciples did long ago, voices spoken in their own language from Los Angeles to Atlanta, from Miami to Philadelphia, from Dallas to Minneapolis. The pained and anguished voices that have been silenced for generations, especially the voices of our African-American brothers and sisters. Surely, 
It is time for a Pentecost. For because of Pentecost, we can proclaim God's Spirit is alive and calls each and every one of us into God's story, a story where peace can never be achieved by violence, a story that calls each of us to create habits of peace with children and youth, recognizing that when we build dignity in another fellow human being, in our brothers and sisters, in each and every one of us, we can begin to destroy prejudice. Because of Pentecost, we know what fire can do. It can destroy us, or it can gather us together like those disciples and the Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, and Cretans and Arabs. It can gather us together as they all learned on the very first Pentecost. And so, as we go out into this week, as Christians, we know what is next. We know what to do. For the answer is found in this day, the day of Pentecost. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, Amen. I'm so grateful today. My heart is so grateful to Excel and Christy and Bill, who joined Scott in our first attempt in months for some choral music. At the same time, my heart cries out, with what's going on in this world, with the turmoil, with the divisiveness. The anthem we'll hear by Thomas Tallis was written in the mid-1500s in England. And here's what was going on at that time. The 16th century in England was a time of tremendous political and religious turmoil and intrigue, a time that drastically altered life and culture, not only in England, but also in all of Europe. Does this sound familiar today? Yet, with Talus living during these tumultuous times, he wrote this anthem, If He Love Me, Keep My Commandments, that creates this lovely, peaceful, gentle world. It makes me think, all of us as Mayflower people, as we embody the Holy Spirit and we follow the commandments, how can we each bring peace to our time of tumult and divisiveness? Every week, Mayflower leans upon your generosity to fund our budget with approximately $25,000 of support through 
offerings, checks, credit cards, and giving online. If you are following on our online bulletin, please know you can click on the link to give an offering. Know you can go to our homepage and find there the donate button. If you prefer, we have a mailbox under our portico, and you can also give via text. There's information in your online bulletin for that. So as we await that day when we once again will have ushers who will wait upon us for the morning offering, until then, in our online world, your church asks for your help and support as we seek to be the body of Christ in this hurting world, loving our neighbor, serving those in need, feeding the hungry. We are grateful for your generosity. Let us pray. O oh God, we give these gifts freely. As we once freely received them from you, we dedicate these offerings to the work of building your kingdom in our troubled world. May they bring healing and restore our center and our wholeness, provide nourishment both spiritual and physical 
as we seek to be your voice, your hands, serving each other and our world in your name. Amen. After months of coping with a pandemic, where human contact became dangerous, ominous, and fraught with peril, we now see tragically, horrifyingly, how human contact can also lead to senseless death. And so, O Lord, our hearts are broken this morning by what has unfolded in recent days with the deaths of George Floyd, Tony McDade, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. We pray for their grandmothers and grandfathers their mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, friends, and all those in our country who grieve their loss. And we pray in the words of Martin Luther King that although you invite us to live our lives aware of and surrounded by the mountains of love, All too often, as human beings, we deliberately choose to dwell in the valley of hate and violence. And so, O God, in these turbulent days, inspire us by the leading of your Holy Spirit to work as a people of faith with renewed vigor for a world that does not tolerate, seek, or condone violence. A world that does not tolerate, seek, or condone injustice. A world where fire does not symbolize destruction, but the presence of your spirit Restoring in us human dignity and dismantling and destroying prejudice. Lord, hear our prayers. 
begin this new day, O Lord, the images of last night, of this past week, remain before us. We are clearly a country in pain. Help us to face that pain with purpose. Inspire us by your spirit and the words of St. Francis to be an instrument of your peace and where there is hatred, to sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. Hear our prayer. disciples asked, how shall we pray? Jesus offered them these words, words to enlarge their hearts. So come, let us pray together with one voice, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Pentecost. For because of Pentecost, we can claim that God's Spirit is alive and calls each one of us into God's story. A story where peace can never be achieved by violence. A story that calls us to create habits of peace, recognizing that when we build dignity in a fellow human being, we can begin to destroy prejudice. As we go out into this week, let us tell this story. And may you hear this story each in their own language. As Christians, we know what is next. For the answer is found in this day, the day of Pentecost. And now may the love of God surround you, the peace of Christ attend to you, and the, the Spirit guide you this day and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>